Welcome to the podcast, Let the Prophet Speak. This is Saul Weinreb, the host of the podcast, and um, I am really happy to teach now chapter 15 of the first book of Samuel, Shmuel Aleph. And this is a famous chapter. Many who attend the synagogue know the this, uh, this chapter as the Haftorah, the portion of the prophets that is read on the Sabbath where we read uh, the Parshat Zachor, where we recall the nation of Amalek and the command to remember them and destroy them. Now, this um, command is one of the most troubling um, mitzvot, commands of the Torah, and also probably the most are certainly one of the most misunderstood commandments. And it's one of the uh, charges of people who um, reject the Torah. Uh, they look at this uh, genocidal command against Amalek as, as evidence of the Torah's um, uh, lack of, of ethics or morals, uh, so to speak. It's hard to say that, but uh, that's the charge that many level against the Torah. So because of that, I want to explain a little bit about who Amalek is, who Amalek was, and what the nature of this command is. (laughs) Without giving away too much of the chapter that we're about to read, chapter 15, this chapter tells the story of the command that Shaul, the king Shaul Saul, had to wipe out Amalek and his punishment that he didn't wipe them out. And on a simple level, some can understand this chapter as um, Saul not fulfilling the command of God to wipe out the nation of Amalek completely and that therefore he wasn't worthy of being king. And it, it seems strange. This requires explanation. So I want to explain this and, the, the way, and to understand what is really going on here. And... I am going to do this by analyzing who Amalek was and making some points and observations. Uh, I will I will give credit where credit is due. Many of these observations I heard from uh, lectures uh, from Rabbi Menachem Liebtag, who is a well-known scholar of the of of the prophets uh, in Israel. And after hearing some of his lectures on this subject, uh, these points became obvious. So many of these points are points that I heard from him. Some are points that I saw on my own. Some are points that I saw in other commentaries. But here we go. Let's look at several places in Tanakh, uh, several places among the prophets where Amalek is encountered. And I want to point out several important things. Now, the first place in the Torah where the nation of Amalek shows up uh, and by, before we mention this, I want to mention that traditionally people see Amalek as the nation of people who descended from the person Amalek, who was, uh, um, was mentioned in Genesis, um, and, and, and identify them as an actual nation, a genetic group of people with that certain um, ancestry that lived and established a culture and so on, and that that's who we need to wipe out. Of course, nowadays there would be no way of knowing who Amalek is or was or who their descendants are, but assuming that there, there was, there, there would be this command to wipe them out, which I will posit is simply not the case. And when one looks at the actual verses and looks at them fresh, without the previous biases and notions that we all bring to bear when we look at the Torah, 
one will find some very interesting things. And let's look at it now fresh. Let's wipe away everything that we thought before and let's look at the places where the Torah discusses Amalek and let's see if we can come to an understanding. So the first place we encounter Amalek is in chapter 19 of the book of Exodus and Shemot where the people were wandering in the desert and at this point we read of the story of and I, I, I always emphasize that the, the Torah juxtaposes one episode or one idea next to another for a reason. It's very important to look at the context. You can't look at any text without understanding the context. So the context within which the uh, Amalek appears is the context where the people were thirsty, they did not have water to drink, they complained. Moshe was able to perform a miracle after God's instructions to bring water from a rock. So the people are thirsty, they're wandering in the desert, they are desperate, they are homeless, and they are thirsty. And immediately afterwards, what happens, this is uh, chapter 19, um, 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 I sincerely apologize. I had scribbled the number 17 on, the, on my notes, and it's Exodus 17, not Exodus 19. And it... it we look at verse 8 of chapter 17. Uh, again, this follows after the uh, water from the rock. Uh, the people, uh, in verse 7 of the chapter, we read about how um, the people quarreled and argued and so on. The people are in disarray. They're disunified. The, uh, they, they are not, um, they are wandering the desert. Vayavo Amalek, and the people, uh, and Amalek came vayilachem im Israel and waged war with the people of Israel birifidim. Take note of several facts here. Amalek attacks the people at their weakest point while they're wandering in the desert. Where did Amalek come from? Why were they in the desert? Was this the land? We know Amalek does not have a land, and I'm going to emphasize this point, and we'll see this from other places. This is a very important point. Remember this as we analyze this. Amalek appears out of nowhere. The people of Israel were not wandering in the land of Amalek. They were not treading through someone else's country. They were wandering in the wilderness. Amalek comes and attacks them in the wilderness at their weakest point. What does that tell us about who Amalek is? Put that, as mo that, that notion aside for a moment, okay? And what happens, uh, just to uh, you remember the story, the people fight, wage war against Amalek. This is where the story was that Mo Moshe ra raised his hands into the air, and whenever he raised his hands into the air and looked towards God, the people were victorious. When he put his hands down, then the Amalekites would start to win in the battles. Eventually, they supported Moshe's hands, and... And they were able to win. And God says, Vayomer Adonai Moshe, this is verse 14, write this down in a book, write this down in the Torah forever, for all time. I'm going to erase any remembrance of Amalek from underneath the heavens. Now, this is severe because God did not say this. Other nations did throughout the wandering uh, from from Egypt to to um, the Promised Land to Israel, 
attacked and fought against the Jews. We'll learn later of the Ammonites and the Amorites and the Egyptians themselves. None of them achieved this level of, 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 of infamy. That where God himself, so to speak, God himself says to Moshe that they will be destroyed forever and utterly and write this forever that they must be always destroyed. Why? What is this about? Who are these people? Why are they wandering around the desert? Let's look at the next time the people of Amalek appear. And this is in the book of Devarim in Deuteronomy uh, 25 verse 17 where it says we have the command Zohar, remember Etasher, also Lecha Amalek that which the people of Amal- that Amalek did to you. It doesn't say the nation of Amalek. It doesn't even say the people of Amalek. I, my tongue slipped and said it. But it says, Amalek did it to you, on the road when you had left Egypt. Asher Badarach, That he, 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 he surprised you. He ambushed you on the road. This is very important. While the people were wandering on the road, Amalek ambushed them. And he picked off all of the people that were weak, the people that were lagging behind, that weren't with the main camp, the people that were struggling to travel. He started attacking those at the margins, at the periphery. At a time when you were exhausted, and you were thirsty, and you were tired. And this is really important. And Amalek did not have, Yirat Elohim did not have the fear of God. Now, when it says it does not have the fear of God, this term shows up several times. Yirat Elohim, remember what, what Yitzchak said when he came to Avimelech and he was afraid that the people were going to take his wife and kill him and take his wife away. He said, Ain Yirat Elohim, there is no fear of God in this place. Elohim also means fear of justice. Elohim refers to a court of law. There's no justice, there's no morals here. Amalek are people without morals that's what it means when it says lo yarei elohim it doesn't uh, there are other places which may be idol worshipers that don't worship this true god but they could still have yirat elohim the places where yitzchak and w- was beforehand right all, did have yirat elohim even though they were not worshipers of god but the place where he came to now there's no yirat elohim there is no fear of god so the people of amalek now are getting a little better picture they're wandering around in the desert, attacking the travelers, traveling in the desert, especially the tired, exhausted, defenseless ones, attacking them. These are people that are attacking people that aren't going, they, they, they are no threat to them. They are no, um, they're not coming through their land because they don't have a land and they have no sense of morals, no sense of justice. And then God says, and it will be when God gives you, uh, uh, when, he, when, uh, when, you, when you settle your land and you finally uh, take care of all of the enemies around you and you're safe and secure in your land, what, am I, what do you need to do first? You have to destroy any remembrance of Amalek. From under the heaven. All Zecher Amalek. Anything, anyone that remembers anything that remembers Amalek must be destroyed. Anything that reminds us of Amalek and their behavior. So who are these people? It is clear, and I'm going to prove this to you shortly if this sounds like a surprise to you. Amalek is not a a genetic group. Amalek is talking about groups of, uh, of bandits, immoral bandits, people that have no sense of justice, no sense of morality, that that attack vulnerable travelers that are traveling through the um, 
various ancient highways of commerce and travel from Egypt to the land of, 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 of Israel to the other lands, and Babylon, Syria, etc., and attack them. These are not people that have a home. They don't have a territory. They don't have a place. Never once in the entire Tanakh is there any identified location of the Amalekites. We're going to find in a minute, because now we're going to move to the book of Shmuel, the book which we're reading now. Never once does Shmuel identify the place where the Amalekites live. There is a country where the Ammonites live, and they're enemies of the Jews. There's a locations where the Philistines live. The five locations, if you remember the setting, where the locations where they live. There's locations where the Amorites live. Everyone has a place. Amalek doesn't have a place because they don't have a country. They're not a people with a culture that's contributing to the culture or future of mankind. These are bandits. Bandits preying on innocent people traveling through the desert with their goods, stealing their goods, taking away their goods. Now, if you think this sounds surprising to you, let's look in the book of Shmuel. First of all, we're about to read chapter 15, and I'm, I'm not going to give it away now because I want to save most of it, but let me point out a few things. When we read chapter 15, you will notice that it is never identified the land, the place where Amalek lives. It does, simply doesn't say. It says um, I, I, the, the, ta- the city of Amalek, without identifying where it is, every single other place, if you've been following in the book of Judges and the book of Samuel, the Torah was, ke- the, the prophets were careful to identify exactly where it is. Here it just says, the place where Amalek was, Vayara Banachal, and they fought in, in a wadi. That's it. It was in a wadi. That was without identifying where it is. Why? Because they have no place. Um, and and uh, so that's an important thing. And um, we're going to read chapter 15, and you're going to see in that many places um, that the people of Amalek were camped. It says, uh, you know, uh, from Chavila, which just means a a um, a strip, right? A boach, you know, and so it never identifies the property, the 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 homeland of the Amalekites because they had no homeland. And now let's look after we read of King Saul destroying the Amalekites and and wiping them all out. It says every single person was wiped out. Literally a few years later, in chapter 30, in the same book of Samuel, when Shaul was no longer the leader and David David was the leader, we're talking literally just a few years. In in the first book of Samuel, chapter 30, it says, When David and his men came to Tziklag, the Amaleki, the Amalekites, had pushed to, they had, they had raided the people in the Negev region and Tziklag, and they burnt down the city. They chap- captured all of the women. They didn't kill the men, but they took all the women and they took all the booty and they went on their way. And, um, and, and, and God, and so, sorry, and David, David comes with his men. They see that the city was burnt down. Wh- who are these Amalekites? How is it possible, even if you posit that there was maybe some stragglers, right? If, if you identify Amalek as a genetic group, they were just wiped out. They were just completely wiped out a few years ago. Must be. It has to be. There is no other logical way. If you simply read the verses for what they offer, what this is stating is another b- group of bandits, a group of thieves, a group of awfully um, immoral, violent thieves that don't 
allow for normal, settled people, civilized people to build a nice, normal civilization and be able to engage in reasonable commerce and one and the other and raise their families at peace, Amalekites refers to enemies of civilization. Bandits, pirates, robbers, thieves. When the Torah says they have to be wiped out completely, the Torah is telling us that though this kind of people this is they are, these are the people that do not have yirat Elohim, that do not have any respect for justice. Such things need to be wiped off the face of the earth. It is clear, and it is clear from just simply reading the text. That is why I call this um, this um, podcast, Let the Prophet Speak. Let's look at the text and read what the text is telling us. And the text is telling us that, number one, Amalek is not a genetic group. Number two, Amalek is our people without a land, without a country. Number three, Amalek is bandits and robbers and thieves that have no respect for morality. Number four, they are people who will destroy and take away things from, 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 from law-abiding, civilized people just because they're cruel and mean, and that's how they make their living. And, and, and this is what needs to be completely wiped out. Once we understand this, we can now see why, after we just read of Shaul, King Saul, having been victorious over all the nations that we listed at the end of the previous chapters, and, um, and he finally set up his kingdom and set up an army and everything. Now, the command came, if you want this kingdom to last, the Amalekites must be destroyed. You can't have a civilization when you have these kinds of bandits and thieves roaming around, attacking and raiding, killing and capturing um, uh, 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 women as, as slaves and so on. That needs to be eradicated. And this will help us understand what's about to happen. Now that we understand what the Amalekites mean, who they are, what they were, what they represent, and why they needed to be completely and utterly destroyed, we also understand why Shaul, Saul, was not allowed to take any of the bounty. God is not interested in, in, in prophets that, that represent this kind of behavior. If the people of Israel would have taken all of the bounty and taken all of the sheep and all of the goods and everything and taken it for themselves, they would have been no better than the Amalekites. They would have simply been profiting from the Amalekites' prophets. They would have been just another band of bandits and marauders. God wanted it wiped out for good so that no one will ever think that it's beneficial to behave in such a way. That no one will ever imagine that this is how people are supposed to behave and this is a way to gain profits. Now, uh, this will serve as our introduction to chapter 15 and soon we will learn chapter 15 together and understand a little better what Saul's mistake really was, what it meant, and why he completely lost his kingdom thank you so much for listening to this introduction to chapter 15 looking forward to studying the chapter and the rest of this beautiful book together